We made this. Ladies and gentlemen, it was a cold-blooded, premeditated murder. everyone welcome back to another episode of red and buried podcast with me sarah and frankie hello we're back to our normal format now after our very special last episode yeah we got rid of chris whittaker he's gone it was a very good interview though very interesting so go back and listen to that if you haven't heard it because it's excellent yeah not entirely arrogant Oh, he is. I think he um he plays the part of a humble writer very well. Not but, that well. <laughs> no, not, not that well. And also, like, annoyingly, like, he is actually really good at writing crime books. It is, yeah, well-deserved. Mm, yeah. Yeah, definitely go and listen to that one um, if you are interested. Listen to it even if you're not. I don't yeah. care. Please just listen, listen to our to podcast. It. <laughs> it's really good. Um, but, yes, we're back to our normal program of events this week this yes. month um so this month's theme is psychological thrillers yes i'm really interested to hear what you pick frankie i mm. kind of tried to swing it my initial thought was i was going to i'm not going to reveal what i picked but my initial yeah. thought was i was going to try and pick something that was like heavily psychological so something like mm. the patient Ooh. where it's got that whole tie-in um but then I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, plot twist, okay. It was mostly because I considered doing The Silent Patient, actually, but I've read it a couple of years ago, and I'm kind of at that point where I haven't forgotten it entirely, so I'm not at a point where I can reread it, but I don't remember it well enough to discuss it in depth. So, yeah, that's why. Um, But I did try to go for a book that had an interesting psychological aspect to it interesting i'm intrigued i would have thought after we went for such a niche last time this would be a doddle but actually there's so many psychological thrillers out there it's hard to pick exactly and the bulk of what i read is probably psychological thriller as well and it felt like it had to be something slightly special. That's a thing. Like, it's all right to kind of just like blaze through one when it's just for you. But when you want to do it for a podcast, you got to, you know, you got to go for something special. Yeah. And I think psychological thrillers are kind of the fast food mm. of crime novels in general. There's so many of them and they're a bit trashy. But that's the thing. There are so many of them, but so few that do it really well, I think. Yes. Yeah. Especially because there are so many. You think you you kind of seen it all after a while. So when you do find one that is actually really exciting, you're like, oh, this is amazing. This is like life changing. Or there's a really good twist that you genuinely didn't see coming. You're like, holy shit. That's kind of why Gone Girl was so epic, right? Because it just completely threw the genre on its head. Yeah, absolutely. There's another book that I'm trying to think of the last book that I did that with. And this isn't the book that I've done. But um, The Last House on Needless Street by Katrina Ward, I believe her name is. Oh, my God. Like, it's not it is a psychological thriller, but it's it's also like a bit it's a bit horror. It's a bit this. But there was a there's a twist. There's a, a few twists in it. But the first one where I literally, I think, said out loud, holy shit, like I gasped. I love it when that happens. Yeah, when you get those moments, it's so rare, but it's so exciting. Yeah. I That book, if, if people are looking for something that will make them gasp and genuinely a really interesting way of telling a very strange story, then I do recommend The Last House on Needless Street. Oh, well, I'm going to have to read it now. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's good. But um, so is it me going first this week? 
It is. And I want to hear why you picked the book you picked before you reveal what it is. Okay, so it's a book that I've seen a lot of promotion for, particularly end of last year, I would say, or last year in total. Is that because it's new? It's newish. Yeah, I think it was released in 2021. I believe. Um, And I've not only have I seen a lot of press and promotion for it everywhere, particularly on on Twitter and places like that, but also the blurb with the accompanying kind of headline with it on Amazon was the most gripping psychological thriller of the year. Okay. Yep. Bold claim. Yes, it is. Um, Also, I thought the, uh, and you should never judge a book by its cover, but the cover looked cool. I thought the name was cool. It piqued my interest. So that's why I chose this book. So intrigued. What Ah. is it? (laughs) Drum roll. I've got to do anything like that. Um, uh, I went for Magpie by Elizabeth Day. I have seen about this. I haven't read it, but I've seen it. Like you said, it's been quite heavily advertised, hasn't it? Very much so. Yeah. Like everywhere I look and it's been on a lot of lists and it's been getting rave reviews. So I was like, okay, this is a good one to go with. And I did, I nearly looked at, there were a couple of others I picked up, but I I started reading them and I wasn't feeling it. So I thought this is, I'm going to give this a go. And yeah. um, yeah. So Magpie, where to start? Here's where I want to start. Elizabeth Day. If you don't know Elizabeth Day, listeners, I'm sure you probably do, because she's a very successful podcaster, writer, personality in general, I would say. Um, She, as well as being a Sunday Times bestseller, she has a podcast called How to Fail, and she is very successful with that. I think she's got a book of How to Fail as well, which is likely why she's the bestseller. Um, Mm. And she also, I literally yesterday, I think it was announced that she has got a two novel deal with Fourth Estate now. Okay. So she's clearly, and I will say this off the top, a very talented writer, a very talented woman. I think she's a, she seems like a really cool person, like the kind of person you want to, (laughs) oh, disagree do you? Oh, no no I don't disagree <laughs> I don't disagree on that I just I feel like there's a butt coming to all this there's not I'm gonna I'm gonna get my little butt out in a in a moment <laughs> yeah I just want to I just want to start with saying that she's clearly a very talented writer a very talented woman she seems like a really nice person I think you know she's been very open about her her life and the issues that she has had I think you know with things like um what's the word I'm looking for um, infer- infertility, um, past okay. relationships, things like that, and ultimately, like a whole podcast about how to fail is times that you fail that you think, oh god, this is a- the worst, and actually, it's turned out to be something good. So I- she's a- she's in a remarkable person. Mm-hmm. Here comes my little butt. But, <laughs> but with Magpie, I I was left wanting. Mm. So I'll start off by saying it's a domestic thriller, I would say. Um, it's uh, and, and not to give it, I know I'm trying to try really hard not to give too many big spoilers away because it is, I, I have to say, uh, it sounds like I'm about to, to come down on it hard. I'm not. It's a, it's a fine read. You know, I enjoyed it. Fine. A it's ringing a, endorsement. <laughs> it's not quite the uh, most gripping psychological thriller of the year in terms of endorsements. <laughs> But I, I enjoyed it. Like I read it. It was really easy to read. You know, like it's nice when you just get stuck into it. And there weren't any points where I was like, oh, I'm a bit bored or I'm going to put this down. What I kind of so it's a domestic thriller, uh, heavily kind of centered around kind of family, infertility, fertility issues in general. Um, trigger warning. There is a, a, a bit about rape in there as well. 
And it's told from the perspective of, well, it's kind of done in two parts. There's the perspective initially of the character Marissa and her experience of um, finding a boyfriend, getting pregnant, um, and then finding out that her partner actually didn't have as much money as she thought, so they get a lodger to come and live with them called oh, Kate. Oh, it's never a good idea to get a lodger. Never get a lodger, top tip. Um, but then the second part of the book is told from Kate's perspective. And not to uh, talk too much more about Chris Whisker, because we've given him enough bloody airtime, but you know you know the whole, when we asked him what his most, um, the, the, the trope of crime books that he liked the least and he said the unreliable narrator yeah there's a bit of that going on in this book and i'm guessing it's no roger Ackroyd. it's no roger Ackroyd. yeah no Mm. absolutely not and this is the thing so i think when there's i I, one thing i think if you're going to do a domestic thriller it's great like all and and she did this well the tension was bubbling you know it you feel like oh shit it's about to get dark it's about to get weird and creepy and there were definitely creepy kind of tension building moments within it and it was leading to something but what it led to was a little bit disappointing I was just a bit like oh is that it Mm. And, but maybe, maybe that's a reflection on me as a person and my dark, <laughs> dark mind wanting gore, wanting something horrendous to happen. And it wasn't that horrendous. It was just a bit depressing, which is probably makes it a more realistic read. I don't love books like that, though. That's probably my pet peeve is when mm. you like you, when you read something and you're like, that was just really depressing. Yeah. I don't like coming away from it feeling like I like coming away and feeling gutted or upset or frightened, but depressing is just such a like, I don't know. I don't know what it is that I hate it. It's just when it's all a bit sad, but yeah, but it doesn't inspire any other emotion. No, that's exactly that. Exactly that. And you know, as I've said in, you know, before I don't like to trash books particularly on here like I totally respect anyone that can write a book you know I know how really hard it is but just for me as I say it just fell a little bit flat with the kind of climaxes of it I I will say though that the characters like the female characters were really well formed and very relatable in a lot of ways and also you know I knew people like them they felt very real and the issues within it were very real and clearly you know Elizabeth Day I'm maybe I'm assuming here was drawing on personal experiences with things around like the fertility stuff and everything which I totally was very believable and you know it was very engaging in a lot of ways I feel maybe calling it a the most gripping psychological thriller mm. of the year was yeah maybe built it up a little bit too much i think it's a really solid book a big a really solid a solid domestic story but i i wasn't as thrilled by the thriller aspect as i was hoping to be i wonder if you'd have been more wowed by it had it not been touted as the psychological thriller of the year very possibly that's the problem with all these accolades isn't it like mm. it really and anything that gets too hyped you go in with high expectations yeah and I, and I knew she i knew she was a good writer so i knew it was going to be well written and it is like she's very good at writing in general like her prose and her her dialogue is it all feels very natural and very real but yeah it just yeah, I was I was just expecting a bigger bang 
and I, yeah. I didn't get one so um but as i say not a not not a bad read by any stretch just left me wanting a bit more um so i'm going to give uh magpie by elizabeth day a solid 3 tombstones okay not awful not awful at all um just wasn't i maybe and again it may just be a reflection on my very dark warped mind where i just want the worst things to happen (laughs) yeah that probably does sum you up in life and reading yeah thank you thank you yeah if um we could put that on my tombstone maybe yeah absolutely Hmm. um magpie that was my thoughts on it i'm now very excited to hear about your book and what you chose and why you chose it first of all like you did with me okay why i chose it Mm -hmm. so like i said i wanted something that had a kind of psychological aspect to it Mm -hmm. this is actually a book like the silent patient that i have read before but i didn't remember anything about it except for kind of the the idea behind the book and i was like that's really interesting can't remember what happened for the life of me Mm. Um, and it's probably not a ringing endorsement of it that even as I was reading it things weren't coming back to me (laughs) (laughs) oh dear Um, but it is it's a good read Um, so I read The Chain by Adrian (gasps) McKinty have you read it no but that's been on my like wish list for ages okay so I will avoid any spoilers then Yeah, it's a really good book. He's actually quite interesting. So what's fascinating is, like with Chris Whitaker, um, this book is set in America. Yeah. Um, I think, I want to say Oregon, um, but don't quote me on that. Okay. Doesn't matter anyway. It's set in in North America, um, but he's actually a Northern Irish writer. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, which I hadn't realised until I researched it ahead of this. But he moved to Colorado in 2000 and then he moved to Melbourne in Australia in 2008. So well-travelled. Yeah, knows his areas then. Yeah, so he was kind of um, semi-well-known before he wrote this book because he wrote a whole series about a policeman uh, in Northern Ireland set during the Troubles and it was kind of a crime book, a crime series of books. But what happened was he, he did that when he moved to Melbourne he actually quit writing in 2017 after he got evicted from his rental house because he couldn't pay the bills basically right um decided he was giving up on writing and a writer friend of his didn't want him to and sort of put him in touch with his publisher um and this publisher read the idea of the chain and persuaded him to write it and like gave him a ten thousand dollar advance to support him while he did it and wow yeah it's really interesting the other really interesting thing about him is he studied law, philosophy and politics at Oxford University. Oh, okay. So he's smart. <laughs> yeah. And I think that kind of that slight ph- ph- philosophical background <laughs> comes through a little okay, bit. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and he's won loads of awards. Again, sure. Much like Chris Whittaker. Oh, so evil. yeah, <laughs> I know. Um, definitely an interesting read. So the premise of this book is basically that... A woman gets a phone call one day saying that her daughter has been kidnapped um, and she is now a part of the chain. And the chain is this organization where basically they, a a child gets kidnapped, the parent gets a phone call and it's actually from another parent whose child has been kidnapped before. Oh, So then the parent of the kidnapped child has to go out pay a load of bitcoin first of all as a sort of you know bitcoin yeah Um, but then they have to go and kidnap another child and then once the new child's parents kidnap someone 
then the first child gets released. So oh, it's like that. Jesus. So it's this never-ending chain of kidnapping, basically. Like, like a chain letter, but much more intense. So one of my favourite bits of the book is when you find out um, why the mastermind or masterminds behind the chain mm-hmm. started doing this. Um, and I, like I said, I won't spoil it, but one of the reasons is that one of the people involved remembers reading about chain letters oh. in a in a babysitter's club book in oh their youth. Oh my god, and that's right up your street. You love that. It made me laugh so much. So yeah, the premise is so interesting and it's like this whole psychological thing of how far would you go to save your loved ones. Yeah. And it does kind of make you think, oh, I don't know what I'd do in that situation. I really don't know what I would do actually. I mulled it over a few times and <sighs> Except one, don't have a kid. Well, yeah, exactly. Problem solved. (laughs) (laughs) And then there's like more rules attached to it as well, where, you know, if a parent gets out of line, then the previous child will get killed and all that sort of thing. Oh my God. So it's heavily reliant on... Yeah, on the chain. And you can only control so much because you can't control how the new set of parents react, but it's your kid that could potentially be punished for it. God. Um, Yeah, it was very well written. It's really fast paced. And yeah, kind of a big page turner. There's constant twists and it you're never bored, which is really nice. Yes. It's quite outlandish, I have to say. And I guess it has to, that's inevitable, right? When you consider what the book's about. But to the point where it takes you out of the story. Yeah, a little bit. Um, And one thing that did really frustrate me, and interestingly, I read some other reviews of this book after I'd read it, and someone else said exactly the same thing as this. One thing that irritated me a bit was she was constantly, the the woman that this is about, constantly getting calls like from people who belong to the chain or from other members of the chain, threatening her and pushing her to do things. And it was almost like, I feel like it would have been more interesting if she'd being completely isolated yeah and like having to puzzle all this out herself um but that I mean that's a pretty minor niggle considering yeah. but it's that thing of like over explaining it or adding too much maybe yeah and yeah yeah it's interesting that idea of isolation yeah that's, I see your point yeah it makes it a bit more twisted I think yeah yeah um, more suffering <laughs> more yeah. pain so the last there hasn't been an update on this in about a year but back in 20 uh, Towards the end of 2020, mm. it was actually picked up by Universal, who acquired the movie rights ah. for it. Um, and I think it would make a fantastic film, actually. I think it was possibly even better suited to be a film. If it's that fast paced and that kind of twisty, then yeah, I imagine that would work really well. In, in yeah. Film. And apparently the script writer who wrote one of the Kingsmen film, Kingsman films, um, and one of the X-Men films is doing oh, the script great. for it. So Not Matthew Vaughan. No, it was a woman. Ah, oh. Oh. oh, gross. Huh. I know, disgusting. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was a really good read. I, interesting. Yeah. But, it was a really good read, but. A bit like you. I don't know. I almost felt there was, it was lacking something. Right. And I don't know what it was. And I think I'm just being really picky and probably holding it to too high of a standard. Because like I said, I feel like these kind of novels are the junk food versions. Yeah. And maybe I shouldn't be quite comparing it to other books in the crime genre. I don't know. 
But I think you're fair to because that book has had a huge amount of buzz around it for a really long time as well. Like it's been out for a while, right? Mm. But but I see I see posts about it on social and everywhere all the time. Like all the time, it's a big book. Yeah, it's understandable in your that you'd expect something. Yeah, I don't know what I expect it. What what more I expect? I mean, fantastic premise, mm-hmm. well written. Yeah. Like I said, it was fast paced. You never got bored. I was just a bit like, I think part of the issue was there was also moments where it got really ridiculous. Like there's one right. part where someone comes in with a flamethrower, <laughs> like to attack people. And I was a bit like, really? Yeah. It all Come kind on. of just descends into chaos um, at one point. But I think I would probably give it, when I originally read it, I looked up on Goodreads, I gave it a four star right um rating i think i'd give it three and a half tombstones okay. if we're allowed to go halves it could just be like a little i don't know bit of um stone sticking out of the ground next to it like yeah a i'm really gonna bit. fuck up the graphics for this aren't i <laughs> no, it's all good i'll figure out how to do half a tombstone with an emoji but leave that with me yeah <laughs> okay no but that that's that's you know you've got a it's interesting as well that you your review is different the second time around, like your out, your overlook on it. Overview. Yeah, and I don't know if it's because in the back of my head, maybe I remembered it without realising, so it didn't wow me as mm. much. I suspect it's because when I originally read it, it was a few years ago, and I've read a lot of crime books since then. Yeah. And they, like we were saying, they can get a little bit samey. Yes. So I wonder if it's that, that it, it doesn't seem as like, oh my god this is incredible the idea of this chain and yeah as maybe it did to begin with i don't know interesting yeah but i would recommend reading it it just i mean it's like i said it's such a fascinating idea yeah and it's definitely well written well maybe i'll wait for the movie yeah who knows i did look it up on imdb but there doesn't seem to be any more informational progress on it so who knows Well, here's a here's a follow on question. What uh, what are the best psychological thrillers you've ever read? Oh my god! Yeah, I'm just gonna go with a huge question. Just drop that. So, interestingly, when I look at my five star rated books on Goodreads, mm-hmm. generally the books that I've rated five stars aren't crime books. But you are a woman of contradictions. A lot of them are Agatha Christie's. Oh well, yeah, fair. Um, there's a little bit of true crime on there. There's a few childhood books, but there are a few that I've rated five star that are crime. So um, Dark Places by Gillian Flynn. Oh, yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, that's amazing. I really enjoyed that, yeah. Um, I don't think I'll ever reread it. No, leave it as is. That yeah. was one that made you feel awful when you finished it. Yeah, yeah. Sharp Objects as well, actually. Yeah, definitely. And yeah. Gone Girl, I've also rated five stars. There's a great book. Into the Darkest Corner by Elizabeth Haynes. Oh, I love that book. I remember nothing about this. So. Oh, I, I remember that one really well. That was about, um, and she's a lovely author, actually. I follow her on Twitter. Maybe we can get her as a guest. Um, she um, That book is about a girl who is um, a woman who has escaped from a, um, a domestic abuse situation. And she's got OCD and she's really paranoid about being stalked by him. And it's really good, though. It's a really well written book. And actually, yeah. I've just scrolled down and can see that you also rated it five stars. Yeah, I loved read. that book. It was a really good read. Okay. Truly a good read on Goodreads. Um, good Me, Bad Me by Ali Land. I don't know if you've read that. Oh, I don't think I have. Or have I? 
that one it, i don't remember the you know you have read it you yeah rated yeah. it four stars i liked it it's good good for me yeah um that one is about the girl whose mother is a serial killer yes i remember yes and yes, she's yes. kind of torn between is you know is she going to be the good me or the bad me i remember that being really good actually mm-hmm. um and i'm not i don't i don't think you can count this as a psychological thriller to be honest but um conclave by robert harris i've not heard that one i rated five stars very good um actually i've got loads of five stars on here i completely lied i've got two more actually in the the same genre the passengers by john mars okay i don't think i've read that one that actually do you know what that reminds me of the chain in some ways i'm not sure why it's about um self-drive cars oh and they're kind of set on the collision course to run into a wall at high speed um and then like the the public have to vote on who should survive out of the passengers in these cars. Well, oh, that's very Black Mirror esque. Yeah, like. it is. It was a really good read. I recommend that one. Nice. And the last one that I rated five stars, not really a psychological thriller, but The Mitford Murders by Jessica Fellows. Oh, yes. I remember you liking that. Really enjoyed that. But I think part of that was similar to Agatha Christie's. I like reading that era. Yes. Yeah. Fair. Mm. Yeah. What about you? I have a few. Um, I think, as we said, Gone Girl is a really great book. And, it, you know, it, it, it was a huge book for a reason because mm. it was like the first of its kind to do that female led kind of narrative. Mm. Um, similarly, I also really like The Girl on the Train for that reason. Yes. I yeah, that definitely. Was, that, again, another reason why that book was so big. And the film, actually, I enjoyed a lot. So um, did I. And I was expecting to be really angry about the fact that they'd moved the country it was set yes. in. Actually, it worked. Yeah, it did work. And also, I thought that um, Emily Blunt was really good in the role. Yeah, I mean, she could play anything and be incredible. Well, yeah, apparently so. Um, and other ones I would recommend. Oh, God, I'm going to give him more fucking airtime. Chris Whitaker. <laughs> um, as a, if you've read We Begin at the End, um, it, I would say go for Tall Oaks next. Okay, that'll because be my next one then. That was his first book, and it's the one that won him the, the new dagger. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, but it is a really, it, it's more of a thriller, I would say, than We Begin at the End is. Um, okay. But it's really good, and he, he writes really good characters. Mm. Um, so I would recommend that. I would also recommend um, Three Hours by Ro- Rosamund Lupton, if you've not read that. I feel like maybe I have read that. I really loved that book. Um, it's basically set in a school during um, a terrorist attack. Oh, maybe I haven't. It's really intense. Maybe um, it's just on my TBR. Yeah, I, I would recommend it. It isn't, it isn't a light read, that's for damn sure. And it's definitely not fast food. I would say it's mm. a, a heavy meal because, yeah, kids and terrorism is always a bit of a tricky tricky one. Yeah. <laughs> navigate around. Um, so, yeah, I would say there's really, in terms of psychological thrillers, I mean, there's a lot of thrillers around. Um, mm. um, but... Yeah, I would go for those probably. I'm just thinking, I've got my little bookshelf in front of me here. Um, I would say those are, are pretty strong recommendations on my part. Obviously, there's, there's other crime books or thriller books, but mm, not necessarily psychological of nature that I love as well. I guess, actually, I guess it is a psycho- psychological thriller. It's, have you read My Dark Vanessa by Kate Elizabeth uh, Russell? I, I haven't. That's been on my TBR. Was it shortlisted for the Booker Prize or something? I think so, probably. Yeah, so I think it's been on my TBR since then. But actually, that's one that every so often I've sort of looked at it. I think I've got it on my Kindle and thought, oh, uh-huh. should I read it? 
and it just seems like it would be so depressing. It is definitely depressing. Um, and uh, maybe it's not even, a, it's not really a thriller in the sense of a thriller, but it's obviously deeply psychological mm. and all about, um, yeah, a girl that had a relationship with a teacher and how her life has been impacted by that since. And um, that teacher gets accused of it with another student, and she, but she's obviously older now. Um, mm. And yeah, it's it's not an easy read. It's definitely heavy and depressing in places, but it's so well done, mm. and it really captures what I mean. Uh, obviously, we we were we were young girls once, like a very long time ago. But yes, well, for not as long ago for me. Uh, so I remember it really <laughs> You're well. You're not <laughs> my age, thank no, you. Like years behind, but um, yeah, it's um, <laughs> it's uh, it's like she captures the kind of. The, the mindset I would say of that age and yeah I just I it's a really it's a, a really well written book but it is heavy for sure mm. but yeah like that's the thing I think you know going on when you compare like with the books maybe we've chosen this time with some of those it's it's hard mm. yeah I think that's the thing and also you read so many psychological thrillers because yeah. there are so many out there that it's only the exceptional ones that stand out in your mind so that is what you're comparing against isn't it yes absolutely and and as i said to write a really good psychological thriller i imagine it's bloody difficult because Mm. you have to get the burn right it has to be building and yeah the twist has to be really shocking and in order to be effective and yeah yeah also i don't really think there's an original idea out there anymore because so many have been done seriously what's left truly Mm. what's left i have no idea but oh i would love to know if anyone listening has any recommendations or what the best crime thriller they or psychological thriller they've ever read is yeah definitely if you could tell us that please because i'm always looking for new ones if you could um send us a message on our various social channels at red and very podcast on instagram or email us at red and very podcast at gmail.com i would love to hear your your ideas and suggestions on that Yes, please. And thank you. And thank you. And, you know, follow us while you're there. Do that kind of thing. Share our posts, engage with our content, all that kind of nice stuff. Five star reviews on all your podcast listening apps, all that kind of jazz. That'd be really nice, actually. Well done. Thanks. Look at that. What a sign off. So, Sarah, what is the theme of the next episode? I'm excited for our next one. Me too. Um, Well, you would be. (laughs) So our theme for next month is... An Agatha Christie book that is not a Poirot or a Marple. Whoa. Yeah. Because yeah. so Frankie got me into Agatha Christie years back because yeah. she's a mega fan. Yes. Um, I think I've now read the majority of the Poirots and Marples. I'm sure there's hand, a handful that I haven't read, but I, yeah. I, I've read most of them. But I haven't really dipped into any of the non-Poirot Marple books. Mm. Yeah, to be honest, me neither, really. There's a couple that I have that haven't mm. been related to it, but I'm excited to kind of to go outside of the usual with that and go into some of her other books because she just what a powerhouse, what a mind. Like she can do it, she could do anything, that woman. So I'm excited yeah. to see. There's, I mean, oh, it's really hard to know what to go with because there are some big ones that don't feature that character, those characters. But are we going to go for the obvious ones? Are we going to go for something a little niche? Who knows? Oh, the suspense is going to kill me. That's it. Well, you're just going to have to wait till next month. I know. Yeah, do your best. Try to survive. Um, And if if you live, then we'll talk about it then. (laughs) 
Right. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. I hope you uh, have enjoyed our conversation. And yeah, if you have any suggestions for Agatha Christie books, send them our way as well. As I've said, Sarah doesn't check any of the social channels or emails, so I will get them all and it will massively benefit me. So please do send them over. <laughs> Named and shamed. <laughs> Every week. <laughs> yeah, I deserve it. <laughs> no, it's all good. Thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah, uh, I, st- I st- still don't have a clever sign off the end i guess bye bye elsewhere on we made this shipwrecked and comatose a red dwarf podcast i think it's incredibly embarrassing that this sitcom was released 10 years after series one of red dwarf and looks significantly more shit yes i mean it's blatantly obvious from the off that they've got the ship set and they want to use it as much as possible. But you can also see the quote-unquote sky behind them has got material creases in it, and it's blatantly a sheet. Toss a coin, a Witcher podcast. Awesome, and what it reminded me of, all right, let me show you my age here for a second, uh, is a combination of Game of Thrones and... If any of you guys remember back in the uh, back in the decades, even Hercules, the legendary journeys, everybody wow. remembers that. It reminded me of just Hercules, just slaying monsters, fighting gods, and having this dork of a sidekick yes. by his side at all times, who's also a good fighter, but who's also very goofy. Chucky Vision. I didn't find the original Mike particularly likable, whereas this Mike really liked him. It really only comes into play like in the second half of the story. The first half, it's really not a factor that he is a policeman. Whereas, no. in, whereas in the first film, you, I don't think he even needed a name really. You could just call him Detective. That was his role in the first film. I do feel like that's a fair cop. See what I did there? It's a pun! <laughs> it's a pun, Dev! I couldn't resist and I'm not sorry check out all of these shows and more on the We Made This podcast network